Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here at FCBC, here's how we say it. We live, we love, we serve. Today is the first Sunday. It is Communion Sunday. My hope and prayer as always during this season of virtual experiences that you would take advantage of this communion moment this Sunday and make communion today that you would build community today. Make sure on today, when this service is over, when this service is over, I want you to call three people and you let them know that you are grateful for their presence in your life. I don't know who those people will be for you, but today, after service is over, immediately after it is over, reach out and call three people and let them know how grateful you are for their presence in your life. Build community with gratitude today and with love on today. That is how we will celebrate communion together on this day. Listen, beloved, uh, I want us to turn today. I will be brief. I say that every week. I'll be brief today. But I want us to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, the sixth chapter. And this is part of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5 through 7 is Jesus's discourse, Jesus's primary teaching on what it means to be a part of not only the Jesus movement, but uh, the kingdom of God. And I want to look today at Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. And I'll be reading from the Message Bible on today, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Again, what a, what a beautiful day, a great day to be alive, to be alive. On Friday night during the Inward Journey, I, I shared that sometimes we don't realize it. We, we don't realize that we actually have everything, everything. We actually have everything. If you woke up this morning and you were able to take a deep breath, you were able to get something to eat, you were able to put clothes on your back, you have everything. I know in this world it makes us feel like obscene excess is the way. But we have everything, beloved. Matthew 6 25 through 34. I'm reading it in the Message Bible. Listen with me or read with me these words from the carpenter. If you decide for God 
living a life of God worship. It follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion. Do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wild flowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Come on, beloved, let's pray. God, thank you on today. We are grateful, O oh God, for how you walk with us, for how you talk with us, for how you remind us that we belong to you. We are your own. God, we are the handiwork of your creativity. We stand as the expressions of your imagination. We are in awe that with all of our flaws, with all of our shortcomings, we are reflections of you in your glory and your grandeur. God, thank you for trusting us with your reflection. Thank you, God, for trusting us with the sacred secrets of life. Thank you, God, with entrusting us with the mystery of our humanity. We are grateful, truly grateful. Like saints of old used to say, God, we thank you that we're still in the land of the living. We bless your name on today. We bless your name on today. Thank you, God, that last night's bed was not our cooling board. What we were wrapped in were not our winding sheets. God, we bless your name for life. For life for life.
the life that you call us to lean into and grow and get wise and get stronger. God, thank you. Thank you, God. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing with me. Allow me to read that passage again in its entirety. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Listen intently. Because if you listen intently, preaching will be easy today. Matthew 6, beginning at verse 25. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your life, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion. Do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your every day human concerns will be met. Here's verse 34. Give your attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up. When the time comes. Amen. This morning, beloved, briefly, I want to share from this thought, rebellious relaxation. Rebellious relaxation. Amen. I love reading the Sermon on the Mount. I love it because when you read these chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you get a, a deeper look and greater insight into what is at the heart of Jesus' teachings, what is at the heart of the way, the Jesus movement. I love this because when you begin to peek into the Sermon on the Mount, you realize that Jesus' teachings captured in these chapters is not designed for everybody. 
In fact, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5, it says that those disciples who were in the midst of the crowd came up a little higher. And Jesus began to teach the disciples the deeper meaning, the intricacies of the kingdom of God. You need to grasp that because what it says is that what we get in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are not just for those who show up to be a part of the crowd. In the words of the Message Bible, these words are designed for people who've decided for God to live a life of God worship, to live a life where they are intoxicated by the very idea of the significance of God. These are those who have made a decision to go a little bit further in their understanding of who they are as human beings in relationship to who they are in God's eyes. This is who Jesus is speaking to. These are the people that Jesus is talking to. And you have to always understand that, that the words found in these chapters are not necessarily for everybody. Crowd dwellers are not always focused on cosmic significance. Those who simply seek to show up for performances don't always understand the sacrifice for the power of God. These words are for disciples who have decided to shake loose from the trappings that seemingly are heaped upon you by a world that, is, that makes visibility and success synonymous. These words are not for the faint of heart. They are Jesus' words for God people who are willing to step out of the ways and ruinations of the world and live a life of unadorned God consciousness. This is what this scene is about. And here Jesus picks up in chapter 6 really what Jesus has been saying through this teaching in its entirety. There is something different about one who is now part of the kingdom. Something significant, something shifting, something beautiful. And the beauty is in the mystery and the mystery is in the divinity and the divinity is shaping the humanity of those who dare claim to follow the carpenter. This scene speaks to me in so many ways, but it reminds me most importantly and principally that everyone who shows up doesn't show up with the same level of commitment. Everyone who's around is not as committed as those who've made the decision to walk in the way of the carpenter. Why? Because being part of the kingdom of God, as Jesus details in these chapters, being part of the kingdom is about rebelling against the mechanisms that so shape the world. Being part of the kingdom means in some ways you're antithetical to the mechanisms that ground our culture. Being part of the kingdom means that you have enlisted yourself in a different kind of army that marches to a different drumbeat, that honors a different set of directives that are not shaped on trying to be seen in popular culture, but trying to be impactful based on the kingdom of God. Oh, the kingdom of God. 
It's not something we yearn for in the by and by. Our ancestors understood that. While they were being told and given a form of Christianity that was designed to keep them docile while they were being brutalized and destroyed, they understood that there was a qualitative difference between what Christians were telling them and what they knew and sensed from the poor Palestinian Jew from Galilee. They knew there was a difference. They felt it intuitively, almost instinctively. They knew there was something different between what they were being told by those who sought to oppress them and what they felt in their spirits with regard to the commonality with the carpenter. You see, I know in this time it is easy to dilute the teachings of Jesus, especially when there are persons who are more committed to the maintenance of the institution of Christianity than they are to honoring the teachings of the carpenter. This is the time we are in where we almost make Christianity synonymous with the things that are sometimes vile and destructive and oppressive in humankind. We sometimes co-opt Christianity in ways that it becomes used as a tagline onto our own personal and private and even public obsessions and desires. It is a dishonoring thing to move in the name of the Galilean and then somehow say that being connected to him, the poor peasant Jew from Galilee, means that you'll live a life of materialistic opulence and excess. There's a difference. And I know now it's hard to tell. This may be why so many people are turned off by Christianity, because they can't tell the difference between the institution of Christianity and the maintenance of oppressive structures. Maybe that may be the issue why so many people stray away. But I got to implore some of those who stray away from Christianity. Walk away from that, but don't walk away from him. Walk away from the institution, if you will, because the institution with this rigidity and intolerance and sometimes brutal treatment of those who are outside of the scope of what others deem as normal. Walk away from that brutalizing institution, but don't ever leave the carpenter. Don't ever walk away from him, because if you stay around long enough and hear the teachings long enough, something in your spirit will shift and turn, and you'll find yourself being galvanized by unseen forces that seek to speak to the best of who you are. Oh, yes, the carpenter is saying something different than what so many Christians are saying today, and tragically what so many are preaching today. It is hard to say you stand for the carpenter while simultaneously being a poster child for capitalism. It is hard saying you stand for the carpenter and then basking in your own reflection of your own neediness connected to your own insecurities, connected to your own feelings of inadequacy, standing on a false bravado that is necessary to make you feel better about yourself, but not connected to the carpenter. For those who have made the decision to live this God life, this God-intoxicated life, this God-consciousness, something changes and you embody rebellion against the world that seeks to destroy your uniqueness. Isn't it interesting in the society we live in today that it seems that so many people are offended when you try to do your own thing? 
where everybody's trying to fit into the same patterns, to follow the same models, to, to do the same thing, trying to capitalize off the same ideas. It is a breath of fresh air to lungs weary by mimicry and fraudulence and copying to see people who are in love with their rareness and their uniqueness. He says, if you are in this, don't work and operate according to the frantic pace of this world. If you are in this, do not allow yourself to be co-opted by the movements that shape this culture. Not just his culture then, but even now, if you are part of this, there is another way that you must embody. And I have to stress this. The carpenter is saying this on the side of a hill to people who he knew who were from his town, who were from his region, who were poor like him, broken like him, oppressed like him. That is who he's speaking to. He is not speaking to those who wield the weapons of warfare designed for oppression. He is speaking to those whose backs are against the wall and who've experienced brokenness in their being because of who they are. That's who he's talking to. The disinherited, the disenfranchised, the disregarded, the overlooked, and the outcast. And he's telling them, don't fuss over the things that shift your focus from a deeper God consciousness. You'll eat, you'll have clothes, but don't make that the essence of your daily sojourn. Don't be worried about what people think about you or what your appearance will look like. Don't worry about what's on the table or, or the garments that hang from your body. He said, you are more than that. You are deeper than that. There is something about you that cannot be grasped or ascertained by people whose thoughts are steeped in shallowness. You are deeper than that. You are, you are, you are better than that. There's something profound about you, and I want you to always Always bask in the uniqueness of your profundity. There's something more to you than trying to be like everybody else and fit into the crowd. And there's more to you than being consumed about, about where you'll eat because you want to be seen and, and what you'll put on because you want to be seen. And, and in fact, what good is it to be seen by people, seen by others, when you're not even seen by yourself? So no, when you are in this movement, you are antithetical to that kind of intoxicated culture that's always wanting to be seen and heard and known. So you don't fuss over those things. You're not worried about that. And look what he says. I love this. I always want to imagine that while Jesus is teaching, he's looking at the disciples and looking out into the, into the sky. And just as he's telling them, don't fuss, don't worry, then all of a sudden the bird flies by says, look, stop, 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 stop. Look, 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 look at the birds. Carefree in their movement, unfettered by the complexities of life, careless in the care of God. Oh, I love that. Careless in the care of God, flying and enjoying what they were created to do, not thinking about anything else. Careless in the care of God. When was the last time you felt careless in the care of God? 
When's the last time you simply lived the life you were created to live and, and enjoyed the essence of life? Because what good is having everything but not know how to enjoy anything? When was the last time you felt careless in the care of God that you were so fixated and focused on being in God's presence that nothing else mattered? It didn't mean you didn't have to work and live and raise a family and children, but you were careless in the care of God. You understood that the essence of life is to enjoy every moment you have and love it. Oh, are you in love with your life? Hold on. And before you quickly respond to me and say no, ask yourself, what life are you focusing on? Because you may say, no, no, Pastor, I don't like my life. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. I wish I had more of this. I wish I had that. I wish I could be this. I wish I could be that. And here comes the teacher again. He said, don't be fixated on your getting. Be consumed with what God gives you. Oh, what a shift. He said, all this time wasted here in the Message Bible. I love how Eugene Peterson puts it. All this time wasted on fashion and what we'll have and, and where we'll go and who we'll be with and what associations we have and what, what communities we are part of and what cliques do we have and, and what networks are we a part of and, and, and who knows us and, 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 and how many followers do we have and, and have I done a good job branding myself? Have I raised my profile? Do more people know me? Have I purchased enough followers to give the impression that I'm relevant. Have I, have I done all these things? No. He says, don't be so consumed with getting that you miss what God has given. And what has God given? God has given something that is more paramount and necessary than anything right now you could ever have right now. That is the gift that God has given right now. Now. But you can miss your now worried about your not yet. You can miss your now looking for what ain't even been born yet. You can miss your now even worried about what's already dead. I don't care how you look at it. He's saying don't miss what God is giving right now. He said those who worry about these shallow things, this is hard, but this is the carpenter speaking. Those who worry about the shallowness of life, the pettiness of living, those who do that, this is what the carpenter says, they don't know God and how God works. Oh, I know that's hard to hear, but I'm not making that. That's in the text. This is Jesus speaking. Listen, he said, those who get consumed with the pettiness of life, the shallowness of life, they don't know God or how God's work. Because if you understood how God works, these uh, these irrelevant deviations from a life focused on God consciousness do not get top billing in your life. He said, you think about what God has given. And here's where I love it. The words of the carpenter, according to Eugene Peterson, look at what he says. What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax and think about what God has given you. When was the last time you let tomorrow fade and relax in right now? 
not filled with anxiety or worry about a day that has never been seen. Do you understand that when your thoughts are constantly on what's next and tomorrow, that that means you're constantly living in an illusionary space that does not quite exist? And you miss what you know to be real right now? And here's the question. What is God giving you right now? Oh, right now. What? is God giving you right now? What can you assess right now and say, that's God? The breath I just took right now, that's an indicator that I'm not by myself. The heartbeat I feel right now is an indicator that I have everything what good is it to have fancy clothes and name brand shoes, but no heartbeat right now? This is what I have right now. And these things right now, and I may not have everything, but at the end of the day, you really do have everything. Right now. Right now. Because when we understand that we do have everything, we don't have a problem sharing anything. But in this world that keeps us believing that we are always in a state of need, greed becomes our underlying ethos. Selfishness shapes us and we have a hard time sharing. Why is there so much hunger in the world? Because folk believe they don't already have everything. Why are there so many people suffering in our world? Because greed and selfishness and our fixation on opulence and excess is destructive and it separates us from one another. It dehumanizes us and it makes our project on this planet disconnected from actually living. Because when you're fixated on living, you want to see other people live. Relax. Tomorrow has worries of its own. This is what the poor carpenter says to the poor people surrounded, surrounding him. Relax. I know it seems like our everyday assignment is to get up and figure things out. Relax. God is making provision whether you see it or not. Relax. Ways are being made, whether you can capture it or not, relax. Doors are being opened, relax. Doors are being closed, relax. Life is about to get better, relax. You're about to move lighter, relax. The weight of the world is about to drop, relax. And love ain't go nowhere. Relax. It is rebellious relaxation to take a posture of relaxation in a place, in a culture that will always have you anxious about everything is an act of rebellion. Be easy. I know there are things to do and you can name a thousand things you need to do in this moment. Jesus is saying, here's what I need you to do. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and not get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. 
God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. But right now, right now, right now, you focus on right now, right now, lean in to right now right now. Think about what God is doing right now. Life is perfect. No, but you're still alive right now. All these things you have to celebrate right now and you forget to celebrate because you're fixated on not yet. You miss today's joy, worried about yesterday's misery and tomorrow's anxiety. And right now is the gift you have. That verse 34 in the King James Version, you might not recognize it. Here's what it says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness. And guess what? All other things shall be added. Oh, oh. Added. Added. Keep coming. Keep coming. Just added. Oh, how I love when God blindsides me with blessings. I love it when I'm looking this way and God taps me on my shoulder and say, turn around and see what I'm doing. I love when God reminds me, if you just stay right now, right here with me, you'll see that you have everything. I know it might be difficult and I know it might be hard and I know you face some rough days and I know you may feel as though rough days are ahead, but rough days don't shape the whole day right now take a deep breath right now you realize how much you really have I've been with a lot of people when they've transitioned when they've died I've stood at a lot of bedsides with people who are dying in my years of ministry. I've never heard one person say, Pastor, I wish I could go shopping right now. I wish I had more shoes in my closet. I wish I had a bigger house, another car. I never heard one person say that. With every breath that they're gasping for and gasping for, I can hear and feel. I wish I had one more day. I wish I had another life. I wish I had more life. Because that's what really is the essence. And my God, don't wait till that day to realize you already had everything. Take that breath now and say, God, I bless your name. Because somebody one minute ago took their last breath and yet I kept on breathing. God, I bless your name. Because of what you're doing in my life, I'm going to learn how to relax and stop worrying so much and stop stressing so much and just bask in ease in your glory. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My heart beats in the rhythm of gratitude. My soul sings in the language of thanksgiving. God, thank you. Thank you. Now lean in, beloved.
Let's talk to God. God, we thank you today. If we have not said it already today, God, we are grateful. Grateful for this life. Grateful for this gift. Grateful for this time. Grateful for right now. God, your teachings through your son remind us that tomorrow will come. And when tomorrow comes, we'll face tomorrow. But right now, we have this. This is all we have and all we know. And with it, we will give all to it and lean into it and live, love, and serve in it right now. We thank you, God. We honor you, Lord. And God, in case we haven't said it, thank you for every single breath for all the fresh wind that comes our way. For the joy that is captured in every moment. Thank you. Thank you for our life and our living. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. We honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray. We say amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.